Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Hello and welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast, the season preview show with Johnny Dana and Tom. And if this is the first time or the 128th podcast you've listened to, or you just need a simple reminder, we are the Borough Podcast that gives you all of the Borough Master Chatter in a podcast with podcasts out every Sunday throughout the season, apart from today, of course, uh, where it's Tuesday, Millsborough playing York this evening. Um, but of course, the season is very much among us. Um, but as I mentioned at the start, this is our season preview show. Um, it's the show which reveals our predictions for the season this year, what we should look out for, and we also look ahead to Borough's first game of the season against Marco Silva's Fulham at Craven Cottage. But first, transfer news, guys. We all love a bit of transfer news. Appreciate Lewis Wing has just went to Sheffield Wednesday, so we'll come on to that a little bit later on. Um, but we've also got so many transfers to go through, um, but appreciate in our last podcast, if you haven't listened to it already, please do. Um, but we chatted about Borough's first four signs of the summer, so of course that was Joel Lumley, uh, attackers in Sami Amiyobi and Uchi Ekpiezu, and experienced defender Lee Pelletier, but a lot has been going on since. So George Savile's left the club, Middlesbrough always linked with Argentinian midfielder Martin Pajero. Uh, oh God, so many, there's... Uh, there's um, Moon is it M- Moon Santiago's brother yeah. Santiago's brother from goal <laughs> um but a lot has happened and there's so much to happen to with Mills we've got so many players on trial and linked and it's a very very exciting for summer for the summer for Middlesbrough football club um but of course last week Bora announced the sign of Rotherham midfielder Matt Crooks on a three-year deal making him Bora's fifth signing of the summer <coughs> which as expected to be a very very busy summer but then I'm going to kick things off with you um we spoke to the New York Talk podcast uh, last week um, in their Rotherham United podcast, and, and they were very good to see Matt Crooks go. Um, but what's your opinion on the transfer, and what do you think he can bring to this Boris side? I was a bit sceptical at first, I'm not going to lie. I think my initial thoughts were, is he an improvement on George Savile? And yep. I think, obviously, that question will be answered come the end of the season, but... 
I think that what he can offer us is, is if Borough go long during games, and I know he can play number eight and number ten. So if he's a number ten, he's probably the type that is more was going to be more physical than than Savile plays more to Neil Warnock's style of play. And I think at the very least he will cover the goals that George Savile has has taken to Millwall. So I think he's a player that I'm going to have to give time. Um, but I mean when he scores that goal that he did against Plymouth, where he, he arrived at the box and was there for Iqpiezu's cutback, then that certainly helps. I know that's one game there. But, um, yeah, I think that that's one that I, I did initially meet with uh, a bit of scepticism. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited about seeing how these signings uh, develop at Borough because I do think we've signed some pretty decent players on paper. It looks fun, doesn't it? It seems like to be... They all seem to be... Uh... Very Neil Warnock esque signings, uh, with <laughs> yes. obviously with the quotations. I mean, if someone, if you're watching us on the live stream, you could definitely see what I was doing there. But if you're listening to the podcast, you've like had no idea what I was doing there. Um, but Tom <laughs> Crooks, he's obviously come in. Lewis Wing has just left. I was going to ask you, is this the end of Lewis Wing? But it seems to be it is. Do you think that's a direct replacement for him? I'm not so sure because I think we're still counting on another centre midfielder, uh, probably Pajero, to to come in and and take that role. I was thinking about this uh, this yesterday, and you know, thinking two players for every position. You know, maybe Lewis Wing could have still had a still had a chance, especially considering he's he's been fairly decent in, in pre-season so far. Um, obviously, just just wasn't to be, and I think we're we're probably planning on Pajero. Playing quite a lot this season and and taking quite a lot of minutes, which would mean Wing wouldn't get as much of a look in uh, as he maybe had even last season, where he didn't get much of one at all. Yeah, I think I think if you're in Neil, um, if you're in, if you're in Neil Warnock's position and you're looking at Lewis Swing, I think that Lewis Swing needs game game time and consistent game time, and if he doesn't have that, then I feel like it's a bit of a waste. Um, I don't think he's going to be someone who, you know really sets the world out in the championship this season and I think the I think League One will probably be his best move for him to play consistent games, show the best of him, but then also play for a side like Sheffield Wednesday, big club, good fan base. You know, they get behind him and they'll also want to do a, a promotion push this year. So I feel like it's a fantastic move from Bonus. I I feel like it's a it's a good move all around as well. I think if he's got one more year left with us, I think if I think that's an option. I think it's this technically the last year with a year of potential so I mean, for me, I think it's it's a good move. And then if a new manager comes in next year, when if Warnock goes, then that makes sense for us for him to to try out. But Tom Warnock did say he wants to bring in another four or five players before the before the the season starts um, or before the end of the window. Um, but how do you think he's going to fund it? Is it going to be that wing transfer, Chubarak, Palm, dare I say, Paddy McNair? Um, I think obviously with wing leaving, that's probably more just wages off the books unless we've we've got some sort of fee for it as well. I think most of the the rumours I've been seeing kind of mainly on, on one bar revolving around uh, Akpom, Spence and Coulson. Coulson seems to be reported a lot more widely than, than the other two though, uh, so I could see that happening um, you know, fairly soon. Um, but in terms of Akpom and Spence, I think we... We're probably holding out for certain valuations for them, which is why they haven't already gone. But as soon as we get those, uh, get the cash in for for those players, I, I can see them funding uh, a fair few uh, other deals as well. Yeah, well, Dale, what, what's your thoughts on it then? Because Tom mentioned there, up on Borough here and Colson, Jed Spence, uh, Tuba Akpom. 
all three players I could Middlesbrough could get, could get the money back from. Um, Jed's an interesting one for me, but I'll come on to that in a second. But you, what, what's your thoughts on the on the transfers? Do you think that Middlesbrough are going to fund it through player sales to get people in? Probably. I think it is interesting that um, Coulson hasn't left yet, and I think we have been linked with Key and Brian, and, and you'll we'll talk about that a little bit later, but. Um, <clears throat> I think with a lot of players that have been linked with a move away, it's a case of someone coming in first so that that effectively gives the green light for players to, to depart. But yeah, I've, I'm surprised that we haven't had uh, a few more departures. And yeah, like I said, it, it probably is subject to incomings. And I mean, loan players as well. Now you've got the likes of Connor Malley and Hayden Hackney that will probably be either going on a permanent deal if you've, Connor Malley, probably the age where you want to play uh, regular games, and then Hayden Hackney on loan. So I think there'll definitely be uh, outcomings, and it's just a case of bringing in players first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, with, with the players that potentially come in, it, it's it's difficult because we're we're linked with so many players, um, and I think that although it's exciting, it's got com- like, it, there must be some sort of balance. I think with with Jed's an interesting one because. There's so there's about three or four Premier League teams after him. So then, why aren't we wanting to keep him? Are we missing something that these Premier League sides are seeing? Um, for me, like I really, I really do like Jed. I think he, he does bring something to the table. You know, he showed that tenacity and arrogance he showed under under Jonathan Woodgate. I kind of thought to myself, yeah, I kind of want him to keep him around, and um, we could probably build a team around him. But for, for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to be clicking under under Neil Warnock mm. just yet. He hasn't really progressed, I think, is probably the best way of putting it. Yeah, that's probably that's probably that's probably the right word. And to be honest, like I mean he did a Rabona in the last game and he scored in pre season. I think if he keeps going this way, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna be massive for Christmas. So <laughs> Well if Man Charles will let us in. I mean if Man Charles <laughs> even let us in, yeah, I mean booking tables are five and there's only two <laughs> and there was only four of us, but it is what it is, isn't it? Um, but speaking of five, uh, four or five signs, then uh, uh, one of them um, potentially could be a signing is a uh, former Bristol City striker, uh, Jimmy Patterson. Striker? He's, uh, well, he played play up front for a while, moved into an attacking midfielder. Well, fair enough. I'll, I'll trust your judgment there. Okay, well, I'll, go, I'll meet you at CF. <laughs> um, but uh, if, in terms of these statistics, I don't think you'll probably agree with it, but 338 games, 54 goals, um, Good at chance creation, of course. You know, and he also he did tear us apart at the Riverside um, last season. He always has as well. Mm. Um, experience. Do you think it's a bit of a no-brainer signing to bring someone in like that, especially on a free? Yeah, I would. I would welcome it. I think he's one of those players that is exciting that gets fans off off seats, and mainly because he's pretty adept at getting out of tight situations in which he's been pressed. And I think somebody like him would be good to progress the play into the final third. And and like you said, there, whenever we play Bristol City, they always have those midfield runners, don't they? And it tears us apart every single time. And he's one of them. And I think. He would be a, a good signing. I know, unfortunately, he had that ankle injury that ruled him out of a couple of games in Cornwall. But we have the York game tonight. We have the Rotherham game as well. I think if he does well in those games, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. I think it's an option there that is exciting. And he, he's always a player that, for me, has is, is passed the eye test more often than not. I think he can, he can definitely bring a lot to the table, really. I think with Middlesbrough last year, they had the biggest distance between the forward and the defender lines as well. So it showed how deep we were defending. And then the amount of kilometres we had to get up towards the end of the pitch is, is incredible, really. And it's probably 
the reason why we need to invest in these players like uh, Jimmy Patterson and, and Martin Pajero as well. So it'd be interesting to see how we incorporate Patterson if we were to bring him in. But Tom, we said it on the last podcast and we laughed about it because we were expecting it. Um, and then a couple of days after Sol Bamba was announced that he's currently training was um, the 35-year-old defender, appreciate former of, of Cardiff City and reports from the Gazette and Hartlepool Mail have said that it's unlikely he's going to get a deal. But given that Nathan Wood is still very, very young, the lack of options in defence, could you see him maybe get a one, one-year deal? Just given those given those like stats, I've just thrown you. Well, you know, I, I think I read a quote from him and him, him in the last week where he said, it, "I'd be lying if I said it hadn't been discussed." So I, I feel like it, although the, all the noises are kind of saying he's not getting a contract, it could still happen. For me, I'd I'd only kind of say yeah with like quite a few asterisks there. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of bearing in mind. Two players for every position. If if McNair is staying at centre back this season and Wood staying, then we've got two players for everywhere across the uh, across the back. Maybe not a left back at the moment, but centre back definitely. If McNair's in midfield, then you know we've got um, Kane Bryan and Kieran Brown, I think, uh, linked, who can also play centre back and left foot centre back. So I'd prefer them. Um, but if if they're not coming or they're only coming in as a left back, Woods going out on loan, McNair's in midfield, and we've got no other options at centre back, I'd probably say yeah. But like I said, the, there's a lot of stuff for me that has to happen before I'd kind of welcome that as a deal. A very much yes, but I have to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but to be fair, experience, you know, could be good for the dressing room. But then if I throw like the other. Statius, say, for whatever reason, Grant Hall and Dale Fry get injured. You've got Sol Bamber, Lee Peltiers. You'd sued two, two centre-halves at uh, age together at 70. Um, <laughs> so nice. the, the, the thing and is, that, right. And that is still two years younger than Neil. So, I mean, <laughs> if Neil can play, Neil can probably play the third man in defence, to be honest. So, I mean, it can all, it'll all work out. But the thing is, right, my, my overriding memory of Solabamba is that slip for Leeds yes. United yes. <laughs> yes. when uh, when we beat him 3-0 at the Riverside. And I remember that because that actually that slip won me £80 with Fabrini <laughs> running in and scoring that third. I won £80 on a bet yeah. that day. Um, I edited him sitting on the toilet after he uh, <laughs> did that slip. I showed you it and you were... I, kissing yourself I was yeah I was, I was to be fair it was good to be honest yeah I, I, I mean so I, I, was pissing himself as well yeah <laughs> who's Diego Fabrini again <laughs> uh, uh, the man the myth the legend of Diego Fabrini but Dana Tom mentioned it there uh, Kieran Bryan formerly of Sheffield United uh, yeah Kieran Bryan and uh, Kieran Brown as well because it's just so similar um, doesn't that one with dyslexia does it um, uh, family of Cardiff as well but both centre-halves and both known to play left-back as well um, being renowned to be a bit of a kicker no real technical ability in terms of like your ball playing centre-halves in comparison to Dale Fry um, but why do you think Neil Warnock's looking for those type of players both six foot Oz you know screams a little bit like uh, Karanka where our back line was six foot plus mm. um, so is that the route he's going down? Well, I think he wants players that fits his style of play but also it would be good to have a left footed centre half because it just 
I think it allows a better balance for Borough playing it across the back line. I know there was a lot made about Harry Maguire during the Euros and him being a right footer on the left. And there was, I, I read a lot of Michael Cox's athletic pieces about this and it was he was basically analysing it, saying that Harry Maguire naturally goes infield as opposed to on the outside to, to Luke Shaw. So it, it cut off a lot of those um, avenues. But I think with Kieran Brown, if we do bring him in, if Borough go direct and hit it into the channels and I suppose you've got that different dynamic of, of playing it more central as opposed to, to outside um, or the other way around sorry but yeah I think I, I would welcome a left footer um, I know we haven't really run into too many troubles and problems with Dale Fry playing on that side um, but it would just be good for a, I guess a sense of comfort and a sense of balance to, to have that I mean I don't know too much about Brown um, as a player I think he was on loan in Scotland, I believe. But in terms of uh, Brian, I think that's just simply a case of we need cover at left back. Um, because Coulson, I think I've mentioned it a few times, that his, his days are numbered at Borough for me. And I think as soon as left back comes in, that's probably the time for, for him, Coulson, to go. Yeah, well, he is linked with uh, Ipswich, Ipswich, isn't he? Ipswich Town uh, for a season long. Well, I was going to say Ipswich away then. Ipswich, he's linked with <laughs> Ipswich away. Yeah, Ipswich um, away. But yeah, Ips- Ipswich Town's a, a good move for and him. And Sunderland, again, I think. As well, I mean, do you really want to go to Sunderland? So, <laughs> um, True. Yeah, so I think that's, that's a good good move for him. I think with with Kim Brown coming in, I think it's it's an interesting one. It, it really is because his consistency for Sheffield United when he did play was fairly promising he's like that six to seven out of ten type of player can it dislodge mark baller or give give him competition it'd be very interesting to see how we how we actually do that because it could be mark baller keeps it and we have a new james husband um <laughs> where like he was he came in to push george friend and then didn't push george friend at all but push himself away um so it'd be interesting to see how we how we incorporate that very very good uh, technical player so it could be interesting to see uh well technical player but I'm not saying like the most technical in comparison to what we've got mm-hmm. um, but in terms of another deal that's going on Nunes of course could be announced in the next couple of days or so if it works out today I appreciate uh, Neil Bowser and Leo are, uh, are in, they're in sunny Spain aren't they just uh, working out a deal so we'll see how that fares out um, signs for Fulham uh, <laughs> but uh, it's a uh, <coughs> um, the Pajero deal, it's been dragging on a little bit and still going on as we do with this podcast, but uh, what would you guys like to see uh, for the transfer window until it, when it closes? Um, what do you think we need to get this team challenging at the right end of the league? Because th- we've mentioned quite a lot of names there, but what do you th- think we need to, to challenge for the, the top places this season? Who wants to go first? Tom, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with um, probably an, another option up top. I don't want to kind of say Piero and Munez too much because I hadn't heard of them a month ago. And <laughs> now with all the coverage, they're all I've ever wanted at the club. But, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, person. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, retro reference, I like that. Um, I think we, we could do with another option out wide. I think um, with with Amiobi on the left now, um, I, I think what more is going to be... Uh, kicking on a lot more this season um, I think I read something today that said for the first time in five years he's he's taking part in a pre-season or he's enjoying pre-season or something like that um, but potentially Patterson if he can uh, provide competition on the right and then we've uh, 
you know, we've got Amiobi and um, potentially Brown or, or Tav on, on the left. Um, another option in centre midfield is probably needed now that Wing's gone. Um, and probably, I'd, I'd say a couple more options up front. But even if we were to bring in uh, kind of like a number 10, one, one name that, that's been linked uh, as well as uh, Piero and, and Munez this summer is uh, Lazaro. Uh, also from Flamengo, and he's the the one I want because he was a, a wonder kid for me on Footy Manager. Uh, so I, I just want to be proven right on that one um, that you know signing him's a good idea. I want to see him see him play in in the flesh and actually just let me down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just going with, with such high hopes and then just be so disappointed on the way out of the Riverside. Ah, the South American flag. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, like Mills have got like a history of of these type of players. Appreciate you know. Carlos Depeno on one side, and then you've got Janino on the other side, and there's just no in between. This is a, like you just don't know what you're going to get. I think, but with Pajero and uh, Munez, they do look very promising. Um, but Dana, what what do you think Bora needs? Do you think there's a, a few more left uh, for for Bora to really compete this season? Yeah, I think as I mentioned, we need another uh, another left back. Um, I think additional centre back cover, and then move. <clears throat> Paddy McNair into into midfield. I think a goalkeeper as well. Stojanovic is well wants to leave. <clears throat> poor soul. I mean, he, he literally played one game with fans. The rest was complete empty stadiums. He goes to St. Pauli and then he he's just gone. He's just a bit of a myth, really, isn't he? But I think uh, a goalkeeper option, but an experienced one like Kieran Westwood, for, for example. I think he's still a free agent. Um, I know people have sort of said Jamal Blackman, not in terms of he's been linked, but in terms of an op- a potential option. But I think I would prefer a more experienced goalkeeper coming towards the end of his career just because I don't really want Jamal Blackman to block a Sol Brin or a Brad James from being a potential number two and then sort of working, working their way up. But... Um, I think, well, another striker, if Akpom leaves, I know that there's rumours that he is going to um, Besiktas. So, yeah, probably another striker or two, um, centre-back, left-back and a goalkeeper for me. Full team then, eh? Full team. <laughs> um, but, yeah, absolutely spot on. I think there's there's so many players that Middlesbrough could probably Middlesbrough look for, really, in, in the remainder of the summer. I think it'd be interesting to see who goes to fund it. Like I mentioned, there's obviously there's Jed, there's Coulson, um, We've definitely got request f- future funds, haven't we? Absolutely. On FIFA. Well, I, if I'm, that's why I'm, I'm thinking about maybe, and it's people are going to hate me for it, but maybe Paddy McNair could be an option for him to go. Like, there's when you look at this, when you look at value <coughs> at this Borough squad, I'm not, we're not really blessed with players who are going to be sold for 15 million. Really, I think the one I, I'm push is probably Fry, and then. Maybe Tav, you could probably get like a eight million maybe out of him. Um, but in terms of McNair, I think if you can wait, if you can get your money back a little bit more, I, then I think for me your hands already going to be played because you want six or seven players to come in. Then it it might pave the way for him to unfortunately leave. But if that does go, then you've got the likes of bringing in maybe more creative players to play that number ten role or another deep line player midfielder. Um, you can bring in another left back. You bring in a goalkeeper, centre backs, etc. You can do a lot more with, with your money with that. And I feel like, unfortunately, that could potentially be a thing that Middlesbrough maybe go down. Um, it's not like I want it to happen. I think we should try and keep McNair at all costs. I think he was one of our best players last season. 
But if the money was right, I think we could probably <coughs> consider it and see how we can invest it in the summer. But yeah, for me, guys, I think we definitely need a goalkeeper or two. I think Brad James is injured now, I think, isn't he? For yeah, I a think while. Right there, Elbow actually, injury, yeah. I think. Elbow injury. And then I don't think Saul Brin's ready yet. I think he needs game time so elsewhere. So for me, I think you are looking for that two, second or third choice goalkeeper. <coughs> Uh, probably someone who's more experienced. I mean, I can't believe Max Benelli's went to Chelsea of of all of all places to go. What's that um, all about? Can't believe he's he's, he's going to be sat down on an absolute wedge and <laughs> you know had the worst save percentage of anyone in the championship last season. Um, but here we are. Like, I mean, talk about falling on your feet. You can't knock the hustle. Um, mm. but in terms of that, you know, Kieran Westwood's another goalkeeper. Left backs, of course. Um, which did try and push uh, Mark Baller and then. It's just interesting to see how we how we how we progress. I think we we need two more strikers at a minimum. Yeah, I, would I think agree. if we don't have if Chubrakpon decides to go up Besiktas, then we've got one striker, and then we need someone who can play off Uche, and then also we need someone who could probably be similar to Uche, um, which is a, it is it's just a it's just so difficult. I would hate to be in Neil Warnock's position right now. Um, but when all these signings come in, um, Middlesbrough will probably look to formations and style changes as the season goes on at the start of pre-season we started with a four but then i appreciate as pre-season's gone on you've seen Middlesbrough move back to that three again and then last year it was very very good for Middlesbrough we came out on top um, in games one goal scored uh, most points gained and less goals when we were playing a three than when we played with Neil Warnock's favorite four um, but Dana what formation would you like to see Neil Warnock opt towards this season I think for me, a four-three-three. I know I've I really like three at the back. I love the wing back formation and and the sort of tactics of getting those wing backs forward. But I think with the options that we have and will end up having when Pichero comes in, I think four-three-three is probably the best option for us. Having said that, though, I know Neil Warnock seems to like a four-two-three-one. If you look at his managerial career as a whole, and we have options now at number ten more than we had last season because last season we just had Tav and that was it. And I think we really felt the the absence of him when he got injured. Now we've got Crooks that can play number ten, Pichero can play number ten. There's, uh, I think there's this flexibility there, and that's something that Neil Warnock has preached uh, on the off season of. Um, he, I think he mentioned Chelsea and, and their sort of wing-back system, but it's very fluid in the transition. And I think that we do have a lot of options to be able to um, move around in terms of systems. I just hope that it doesn't become a bit of a of a hindrance to us and that we don't become too flexible and it sort of stifles the options that we, we do have and the consistency. But for me, I think a 4-3-3. I'd have, obviously, Lumley and Goal, uh, Dyke Steel Hall, Fry Bowler is the back four. I'd have Morsey as the sitting mid, which seems to be kind of controversial. I know people are wanting House in there. No, no, I think Sam Morsey starts. I think you'll see yeah. less of House in this year. Um, given that, and don't get me wrong, House is fantastic footballer, great leader at the club, but he's in that Grant Lebert bracket yeah. now where he's 34 um, at the end of the season. Um Sam Morsey's what 26 20 to 28 maybe 29, 29. Sam, yeah. either way like in, in his prime was excellent last season um and I feel like he's probably going to dislodge him uh in 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 this season as the season goes on but don't get wrong house will have a, a big big part to play but I think we'll see less of him than we have in previous seasons but yeah definitely sorry. I think we might have to put a a poll up and just see what people would prefer out of that out of Morsey and, like that and Simpson Housen. meme now where like people are going to come up with like the fires and like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yes. I've said that on Facebook 
Well, it, it, seemed, it does seem to be controversial, but I would go for Morsi. I think Pichero and McNair in front of him. It's an interesting dynamic there, I think, because I think both Pichero and McNair have the ability to affect the play from deep. Um, I've actually marked McNair as the box-to-box, but I'm not quite sure whether that would actually fit him as much as it would a sort of deep-line playmaker almost. Um, but I would have Tav and, and Watmore either side of Vic Piercing. We don't really have an orthodox winger. I know last season when you look at the crossing stats, we were we did top those charts in the league. But I think we've got players that are more likely to cut inside a Watmore, a Tav, Amiobi. I think Brown's probably the only one that's likely to go on the outside. So I think for me, I would go with... Uh, a 4-3-3. McNair's position is interesting as well. I think um, to have him in midfield is uh, good in a four, um, in defence, sorry. But then if we do play with a three, I think McNair plays in, in that three. So 4-3-3 three, three for you. Tom, um, what, what are you going to go for? Are you going to go for the three or, or the four? I'm going to say that we're setting up at the moment with our signings and the the flexibility of some of our players to play a couple of different systems this season. I'd like to see us go to a four-three-three. Um, probably a similar lineup to what Dan has just mentioned there. Um, I, I know I was a big, big kind of uh, advocate of it last year, um, and not so much the the three at the back. But I feel like with the options that we've got now, um, you know, we we could easily play three at the back, especially if we're getting a left-sided centre back in. Um, but also four two three one. Um, I I could see at times this season our two across the middle being Piero and um, and Morsi, and then having someone like Tav at number ten or Crooks at number ten. I just I, I think the players that we're signing and and the players that we've got like the, the likes of like Housen and McNair and and people like that being able to play in various positions. I think we're we're setting up for this season knowing that we can play a few different systems. Mm. Got options done. Um, I was waiting for that. Options. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting for you both for both of you to say there's diversity there, and, and we could play multiple systems this year. Um, I think for me, I would prefer three. I think the way that Dale Fry plays, he reminds me a little bit to Ben White a little bit, um, and the way that Ben White plays, he gets the ball um, into feet. And he, he presses forward with the ball and the way that you, you move your centre defensive midfielder away creates that space for that long ball over the top or the flick on for Uche. And it just creates much better angles. And I, I don't know why we have... I think I feel like we've been a bit more dangerous when we have played that three than when we when we turned the play over four. I think with the four, we have, we're very limited uh, to like how many angles we can play on that right and the left-hand side. And for me, I don't think we have the quality there from the left back or the right back to play that long diag and to get us up the pitch. I feel like it's going to be very much, you know, try and get to Tav or try and get to Watmore and trying to create something. So that's for for me. I think the three is a bit more fluid for us. I think a three one four two would probably be ideal for us. Um, to so maybe a Watmore to play off Ikpiazu. Uh, I feel like that could could potentially work. You know, big man, small man. That like <laughs> go on, go on back to the old days of football, really. <laughs> like Hesky Owen. Two, just I'm, go four four two. I mean Hesky Owen. I mean two thousand one. It's not even old, but um, <laughs> they went full well, turn there. Uh, it is for you, yeah. It is for you. But that three one four two, I could think could, could be a good system for us. You know, when you got Grant Hall, you got Dill Fry there. I appreciate we probably need to bring another centre half because um, I'd like I'd prefer to see a Dyke Steel on on the right hand side this year, um, but then in the middle you've you've probably you've got ball on the left and you've probably got oh it's it's so hard because you've got the options in midfield now but then you've got Crooks and uh, you've probably got Crooks there you can play Tavin there you can play uh, McNair 
Yeah, sure. So, I mean, so when you play like different systems, you think, hmm, where, where, where might McNair fit? I appreciate he's our best creative player from last year, but yeah. when I was on about funding for the wider team, why not? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's you've got options, Don. So I mean, you can you can rotate things around. Um, I'm not I'm not pro McNair so, so by the way, but I mean, if it's for the greater good, then yeah, yeah. the greater um, good, the greater good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Dana, we'll, we'll, we'll chat about last season then, um, because Bora played in moments really, um, and you can see by how low our possession figures were. Uh, last year we had forty-two percent possession on average, and we tend to sit back. How do you see Bora counteracting that this season? Because it was quite difficult, given the attacking midfield lines were so like sp- like spread out, and then obviously the attacking line was a bit further. So that essentially means that Mills will have more you know, Columbus to run up the pitch to try and create something. So how would you see Millsbridge changing that this year? Well, it's interesting you mentioned moments there, and I know Sam Morsey also mentioned that when we spoke to him, but I think we've just got to be bolder and braver in those moments, and that comes from individual um, skill, really. And I think with uh, Tav, Pichero, and then Patterson as well, potentially Watmore as well could be in that bracket. We just need to be brave. I think we need to take more risks and... To be fair, I don't really see the the possession style sort of changing because I feel like it's almost a staple of uh, of Neil Warnock. But yeah, I think I, I do think we need to just play more brave and more bold in in those in those moments. And I mean, obviously, you could say it's a tactical thing. I think it absolutely is. Um, but bringing in those better individuals like Pichero, like uh, Patterson as well, that sort of um, thrive off those moments I think is, is definitely a, a good thing to try to counteract that absolutely there's, there's so much we, we can do really I think with, with these attacking players that are coming in it, it probably will help us get off the pitch a lot quicker than we have done in, in a previous season um, but Tom we'll, we'll look we'll talk about these moments a little bit more uh, when Borough look to play and get forward they look to play a wide and we've seen that last year with over a thousand crosses um, for Millsbury last season um, and I appreciate a cross it can be there's a bit of a caveat to it, really, because a long diagonal pass can count as a cross. Um, but in terms of getting the ball in the box, um, Mills were brought in Uche this season. So with him being up top, can you see how Borough are going to probably use crosses now to, to get themselves up the pitch and utilise Uche as much as they can? Yeah, and I, I don't think it's just him either. I've got a bit of a, a theory about why we've signed Amiobi. Because I mean, he, okay. he's he's fairly talk me through this theory then. Fa- fairly tall, isn't he? He's about uh, six foot four, if I'm remembering right. I think we're kind of signing him and having what more on the other side, um, and it's kind of going back to something we spoke about last season, and that like no one was gambling for these crosses. I think the signing of Amiobi and having that height in the box, you know, after the ball might have like whizzed past Ikbiazu. Um, it can be kind of similar to what we had with playing Stuani on the right uh, under under mm-hmm. Karanka, where we've always got like someone arriving in back post in case the main striker, you know, doesn't get the ball for whatever reason. I think that might be the same with Watmore and Patterson on the other side. They're both attack manned players. Uh, you know, Watmore had a, a decent goals tally last season, and I could definitely see him gambling at the back post for for some crosses. I, f- I think that's the the reason we're trying to sign players like. Uh, 
Amiobi and, and Patterson and obviously I think with um, the addition of like Crooks in, in midfield who I think is six foot five as well we've got height now Don uh, <laughs> but uh, you know we've we've got options in, in the uh, in the penalty area as well for, for you know uh, diagonal balls in or corners or, or whatever I think we're we're building for for that type of play. See I think that we've to be fair I know we, we mentioned um, Sammy Amiobi on the last podcast the transfer one um, he tends to take more shots, doesn't he, than crosses. And I think he that he, I, th- I do think that we might well see inverted wingers next season, where you've got Tav coming in, and you've got Amiobi coming in. Um, I feel like I, I can see that, which is why um, I don't know. We're going on to this later, which is why I can sort of see Tav coming up uh, in terms of the goals. Um, but definitely, I think there's there's a lot of versatility there and a lot of options to change um, both in terms of personnel and tactics and system as well so I'm really quite intrigued to see um, <clears throat> who Neil Warnock fields the first game against Fulham Yeah I think with the inverted wingers as well I think it's interesting because you, you can utilise what more there as well I feel like I mean you'll be probably probably more benched than play probably yeah, when you when you when you look at the likes of what more and what he brought to the side last year and you've also got Tav there who's been thriving especially did last year um, and, and for me, I, I'll come up with them a little bit later on. But um, we'll we'll chat then. Because, Dana, we'll have a look at the live stream real quick because has there been uh, any movements on Morsey or Johnny Housen by any chance? Um, I think, well, Michael says uh, Housen, Peter says Housen, and then John says Morsey. So it's quite split, isn't it? Yeah. So if you want to, if you are listening to us live as well and watching us on, on Facebook, then please do uh, join. So Housen or Morsey. There you go. I mean, both quite similar players as well. You know, there's differences, but we'll chat about Uche because it's the question that everyone asks when a new striker signs for Middlesbrough: uh, How many goals are they going to score in a season? Now, Bernie Slaven was the last player to score 20 goals in a in a, in a league season for us, and over 34 years ago now, um, at the good old Essen. Uh, Dana, we'll kick, go on. What do you think, Big Uche? How many goals this season? I think you'll get double figures, but just, I think, 10 for me. 10 for uh, Dana and Tom? I'm going 12. Um, I think he scored six last season, and that was for a, a Wickham team, which uh, you know didn't have too much going forward. So I think hopefully with better service this year, fingers crossed, which would, uh, he, he should be able to get a few more chances than, than he did at Wickham and hopefully get into double figures. <laughs> so 12 and... It was 10, right? Yeah. Ten, yeah. I'm just going to go 11 to be in the middle. Um, <laughs> but this is my favourite part of the show, guys. And it's all about our season predictions um, for this season. And now our predictions can be on the money and they can be absolutely off the money. Like last year, uh, Elliot predicted Sam Stubbs to be uh, the mitten breakthrough player and he left about two weeks later. Um, <laughs> um, so in terms of these predictions, of course... Uh, you can also join in as well on the live chat too and if you want to do that um, please do and if you listen to us on the podcast apps and want to get involved too please do uh, send us a, a Twitter a DM or send us a message on Facebook anything we'll just all join in together um, but start things off predictions where do you think Borough will finish this season Tom do you want to go first fourth fourth yeah I'm Straight going optimistic and I'm, I said at the end of uh the season review show that anything less than promotion this season would be a, a failure. So I'm I'm going considering the fact that we keep talking about promotion and telling you know players who want to sign about promotion, then it, it has to be the aim. So I'm I'm going fourth. Going fourth. I mean, when you don't sign to finish twelfth, so I mean, <laughs> t- uh, 
Well, I think we'll be in and around the top six, but I don't think we'll end up there. I think seventh for me. A bit of final day drama where we're unfortunately come short. But what I will say is that um, there's no excuses now, really. I think we need to see... Um, Neil Warnock's managerial acumen. I know last season a few people were a little bit annoyed at the sound bites coming out of, well, we don't have any strikers, there's clicks in the dressing room. I think at the moment Neil Warnock's getting the players that he wants. He wanted players within the age bracket of 25 to 30. He's got that. And then I, I would assume come the end of the window he'll have more strikers than Ick Piazzi as well. So, yeah, we need to see that that experience come to the, come to the fore from Neil Warnock. But I know it's rather contradictory because I've put us seventh, but I think I think we'll we'll end up seventh for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you both in terms of he set the standard this season. Now he's he said for a while where you know he went he was like oh look you're going to enjoy next season uh, guys you know we're going to be up towards the top. Um, he's trying to sign more players. Promotions being talked about by fans. But if you had a gun to my head right now and said Johnny, where do you think we'll finish without the signings that we've currently got? I think about 8th and ninth. I think that's realistic in terms of our approach and to bring quite a lot of players in together. Millsborough could potentially be playing the long game a little bit for one more season. People playing in, in the league for a year. Ninth could be uh, the, the position where we could end up. I've got 8th and ninth. But the reason why I say that is squad depth. I don't think we have depth or depth in quality. I think we really do lack quality after that. 13, 14 players, I think, when you look at the teams around us and above us, with the likes of Fulham, Bournemouth, uh, West Brom, you know, you've got QPR as well, who I think will be the dark horses this year. Well, there goes my surprise package. Um, I'm uh, the season, so, <laughs> I'm mine. Um, there's, there's quality. There's real quality and depth in these squads. With Middlesbrough, <coughs> I, I can't see that quality just yet. Now it could change in a couple of weeks when we bring these players in. I'm excited for Pajero to sign. If we get Munis, then that's fantastic. Patterson is, is as well. Really build up the squads. Then I'll probably change my opinion. But right now, I think ninth and we'll take you out probably towards the end because we'll just run out of steam. Um, but has anyone else got predictions in there, Dana? Anyone seen? Um, yeah. <clears throat> Christian says fifth. Um, Peter says hopefully fifth. But then he also says tenth. Um, so I think it's um, I think there's a mix and I can nice understand mix. why because I think we've got a squad that I think is capable of getting into the playoffs I do think it's quite an open division I mean to be fair it always is um, but I, I sort of agree I think we I think there'll be certain issues there that I mean there always is with Borough goal scoring defence sometimes is a bit leaky and has been post Karanka so yeah I think there's a mix and quite rightly so, I think. Okay, and then who's going up and who's going down? Um, so, Dana, do you want to go for this one? Oh, yeah, I, I was a bit confused about this. Um, undecided, probably the best better word to say. But I've gone with Fulham, Sheffield United, and Cardiff via the playoffs. But I think West Brom are boing boing merchants, aren't they? So, they'll probably be in and around the top six. But I think them three I've gone for. And Tom, who's going to go up? I went Fulham, Bournemouth, and Borough. I were finishing in fourth, and just in my head, I can just see like just a horrible, horrible playoff final win against like Sheffield United or something like that. Scrape one nil win, one one nil, and like Matt Crook's header or something. Playoff final win, we're gonna win at Wembley. Yeah. Jesus, what are you need for breakfast? (laughs) Neil Wallach is the man to break the curse. Um, Who's who's gonna go down then? Who do you think is gonna go down? So I've got for for going down Derby, Blackpool, and Huddersfield. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
Uh, I've gone Huddersfield, Derby and Coventry. I don't want Coventry to, to go down because there's a certain nostalgia <clears> about them being <throat> in the division from when we first... Um, well, when we first got relegated to the championship, but I think, yeah, Huddersfield are in trouble, Derby are in trouble. I think Coventry might just um, go down. Why do you think Huddersfield are in trouble? Well, they didn't finish uh, that far away from the relegation places last season, and I, yeah. I had a quick look at the transfers before uh, before we started recording. It doesn't seem like they've they've strengthened that much. There seems to be kind of a fair few League One signings. Um, and then a, f- a few free transfers, um, like Matty Pearson from uh, from Luton and, and people like that. So, uh, Jordan yeah. Rhodes signed, I believe. <coughs> he did, yeah, he did. No, it yeah. was Jason Rhodes. Oh, Jason. Um, <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I, I don't think they've strengthened too much uh, from last season, and I, I could honestly see them struggling. Okay, interesting. Yeah, you agree with that, Dana? Agree? Yeah, I think they're having a massive uh, relegation hangover, but with the players that have come out, uh, sorry, gone and, and left, I just don't think they've recruited well. There seems to be um, a lot of things going wrong behind the scenes as well. I think, yeah, Huddersfield could be in trouble, and obviously Derby as well. We, we don't need to uh, talk about how much of a mess it is there. <laughs> Gets worse, hold my beer. I mean, <laughs> oh well, at least he's got uh, Mel's got us on strings, hasn't he? Remember yeah, so. that's very true. Um, but in terms of for my predictions, going up, I'm going to go with Sheffield United. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of quality there. Yakanovic, good CV in the championship. I think they nailed on for promotion and they've kept a good crop of the players too. Um, second one, I'm going to go Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth, you know, the stability there at that. Have uh, they got Scott Parker? They do have Scott oh, Parker. Sorry, they're not going up. They're going up. They're going up. Um, <laughs> I think I think the stability there. They've still got quality in, in the side. They haven't really had too many outgoings, and obviously they're shelling out quite a lot of wages. But you know, I appreciate they can afford it. So I think for me, I think Bournemouth might might you know I'm still waiting for them to uh, like fade away from the current season, but they just never do. So um, I think they might do it. And then my third one, I'm gonna go a surprise package of QPR. I'm gonna go QPR as my. Uh, uh, they'll finish like sixth and then they'll end up winning the whole thing. Um, I think Mark Warburton's doing a fantastic job there. Really, really good job. They've got some good players coming in. Charlie Austin's just came back. Andre Dozel as well from um, oh, Dozel, sorry. Um, same, same thing, really. Uh, Defensive midfielder <laughs> from Ipswich. Very good young talent. I think you'll light up the championship this season um, or very much go under the radar in terms of in quality. Um, and then going down, yeah, Derby nailed on. See, I said Coventry as well, Dana. I mean, I know they've had more more stadiums and promotions and relegations in the last 10 years, but for me, they've got such a young side, they need to keep adding to it, and I just don't think Mark Robbins has got the, the capability to do that. Second season syndrome. A little bit is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Robbins is a fantastic coach, but you can only do so much with what you've got. Yeah. Um, and then finally, ah, it's a toss-up, really. It could be anyone. It could actually be anyone that that third spot. Um, Huddersfield, Peterborough, maybe. Mm. Um, who else? God. Uh, and, and Blackpool, probably. Yeah, Blackpool. Blackpool, mm. probably there. Yeah, probably third one. And then, want to go surprise package of the season? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know everyone knows who mine is, so yeah, surprise package of the I, season, I, surprise I think, team. I think we all agreed with you. I think it's QPR. QPR, yeah, QPR, fair enough. Well, I've gone three. You'll be surprised, actually. I got Blackpool as one of my surprise packages. I don't know okay. why. I feel like they, they they might go a little bit like Barnsley last season, um, except not getting the playoffs, so kind of not like Barnsley then. But um, I've gone QPR and Luton as well. In fact, I'm going to go Luton. 
Yeah, no worries. Sorry, I was on a drink with you. You just looked at me there, sorry. Um, but then we'll go on... Uh, we'll go to the comments, Dan. Is there any any surprise packages or any relegations you should, we should look at look towards? Uh, Christian says Fulham, West Brom, and Borough up uh, going down Huddersfield, Derby, and Coventry, which is the same as mine. Mm, very nice. Um, and then we'll go on to Borough's surprise package of the season. So, what one Borough player do you think will will make an impact this year and who will be a biggest the biggest surprise? So, surprise package of the season. I'm sticking with my theory for this one. I'm going to go Sammy Amiobi. I think come the end of the season, we're all going to be like, you know. What a season he's he's just had um, in in terms of probably goals. Um, I, I think he's surprise package because no one was really that excited when he signed. Just like we, we've had him before, he he was all right, I suppose, and he's never really set the championship on fire. But I think he's one of these players that in the right system can can perform well. So I think come the end of the season, he'll probably end up being our surprise package. Okay, Dana. Yeah, it's a good shout, but I've gone with uh, Igpiezu. I think similarly to Amiobi, what Tom said, there wasn't a lot of excitement about him mm-hmm. signing. A lot of people were thinking, well, why have we spent that amount of money on a on a player that scored six goals last season? But I do think that Uche is gonna is gonna deliver the goals next season. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think Pajero will get the high, uh, will get the, the the headlines, but I think Matt Crooks <coughs> for me. I think Matt Crooks will, will be a. I feel like when he's come from Rotherham and uh, obviously he was in the Championship, but now they're in League One. You you tend not to have really much of a, a much of a reputation probably. Um, I mean, he really annoyed Sad Marzi. Uh, so, <laughs> Did um, could it be him? Or you know, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I know Matt Crooks. He'll have a good season. I'm gonna go Mark Baller. I think you know I picked him a couple of the seasons ago to be the surprise package. I'm going to come back again. So you're going to jinx him again. I'm going to jinx him again. He's going to, head <laughs> oh, on, no. he's going to end up on lawn at Blackpool like he did last time. Um, but yeah, I, I told you at Macball, he'll always come good. Um, Borough's player of this season. Tom, do you, to, do you want to go first? I'm going to go for Dill Fry, second year in a row. I think he's going to defend his uh, his title as my player of the season. I think um, last season he did much better than I'd ever expected from him, uh, You know, judging from the, the seasons past where I think, like I said at the time, he, he had all this hype around him and just couldn't see it. But last year, he started to live up up to it, and I think he'll just build on that this year. Okay, Dale Fry from Tom, and then Dana. Easy one for me, Tav. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> uh, no, I actually do. I do think that um, oh, the pie's long beating. Gas mark seven the two seasons. Long <laughs> no, I think Tav's going to have the best season of his Borough career so far. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I think Tav, Tav is, I'm going to put my neck on the line, I'd be the most technically gifted player we've got at the club. Um, I would say he's the best player that we've got at the club. I think he's, yeah, I think he's brilliant. I think he's absolutely brilliant for for what we've got. Um, I mean, he's not. he probably wouldn't set the Premier League alight at the moment, but for us, this championship season, he's just seemed to get a few percentage better in different parts of his game, and it's helped really. He's, played, he's been so diverse in his positioning and, you know, he's played everywhere apart from in goal, to be honest, and it just, it just seemed to give him a much better view of the game, and I think he's really came on leaps and bounds. Borough's probably player of the year, I think, Max Tavernier, second to um, either Duncan Watmore or Sam Morsey, I think. Um, and it's so hard. I feel like we could have a good season. And then there's what well, there's two more. Obviously, one is, is where you probably ask the questions, um, but what is your bold prediction for this season? Who wants to go first? I think my bold prediction was we're going up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
Call me crazy. I, I, I think we could do it. Okay, Tom is ball prediction is we are going up. It's coming on. It's coming. Are home. you getting a tattoo on your ass? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go on. No. Oh well, if I am, we're, we're doing the same bet. Then like you, you've got to do something to even it up. And no, my, my season's done, mate. <laughs> my, my, my season's done. I was I was sick of the anxiety last season when we were four. <laughs> at one point, it was killing me. Um, Imagine if you had to get it like from that one nil scruffy win in the playoff final as well. <laughs> <laughs> raging I'd be absolutely raging um, <laughs> to be honest yeah, look I, I did that prediction last year because the hype was saying you know Neil Warnock he's going to do it in two months so I'm like alright then <laughs> go on and crack on um, but this year look there's it's the expectation that he has to get promotion this year um, but if he doesn't and if I say if we're like mid tit actually no sorry, go on, go on Dana, you, you do yours now I'll come with my ball oh, prediction okay um, well I've gone with Tav both Tav and Nick Pierce who get double figures Okay, good one. Uh, I'm going to say if we're mid-table by Christmas, Warnock's gone. Is a bold prediction. If mm. we're mid-table at Christmas, what's the point? Yeah. You know what I mean? What's the point in playing ref? What's the point? And do you know who's going to get the job? Leo. Not it, Kevin Blackwell. Not Kevin Blackwell. We'll end up going with Leo because of the South American connection. And, you know, it's a bit of passion. And it's just the way Steve Gibson thinks. I just think we'll go, ah, you know what, Leo? You know, we're, we're tenth. We're not going to get the play- we're not going to get the playoffs. You just take charge until the end of the season. <laughs> Three years on the line, Leo still the gaffer. Funnily um, enough, right? I was actually talking to someone at work before I left about Leo becoming manager, and we were just kind of creating create this scenario in our heads where it's like a shit. I was backroom staff, so you have Pogatetta <laughs> as, as his assistant. Catmull's coaching the under fourteens at the moment, so he can step up to the first team. Like you, go. you, you got to think of some others as well. Clayton's maybe close to retire and bring him back to get on the coach and stuff. See, <laughs> yeah, see. But I mean, like that. I know what that could. That, that's gonna probably happen if if Neil Warnock doesn't get us in like a promotion place or fine promotion. We'll just go. All right, then Leo, you just have it. And then like, look around. I love Leo, but manager. Mm. I don't know. I, I think. Uh, mm. Stranger things have happened than if he come, took over and then he was like one of the better managers we've ever had. Yeah, just gets a <laughs> Champions Absolute League. Absolute tactical mastermind. <laughs> Champions League in three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a, a, the bold predictions then. Uh, but we'll go last more. Is there any more bold, is there any more predictions you guys would like to predict? I'm going to say that Swansea will fall off massively. Massively. I think Gavin Ward will be crying about it, but I think they'll definitely struggle next season. I think obviously they've uh, Steve Cooper's left, um, Andrea Ayew's left. I think Matt Grimes is leaving. Yeah, yeah but I think they're really going to struggle next season, which might not be a surprise to some people. Um, it might be a surprise to some people. It's not a surprise. It wouldn't be a surprise to me. Sorry. Okay, that's a good one, Tom. Any more? Any more? No, I, I think for me, possibly that West Brom might struggle a little bit. Um, yeah. I just think the change in manager, um, possibly like trying to bring in a change in culture this season, I can see it kind of being more transitional for them and them not bouncing back up straight away this time. Wait, who's their manager again? Who? Uh, Valerian Ismail oh, from yeah, Barnsley. Barnsley. manager, yeah. Yeah. So for me, that kind of leads to look very nicely because I say, what's going to happen to Barnsley, really? Because they have just been... You know, just like mugged of like every everything and everyone. You know, like Mawit's gone now, uh, Ismail's gone. It's going to be a tough, tough season for Barnsley. So 
I feel like my other prediction would be Barnsley were a one season wonder and they're going to probably struggle in mid-table this year. I, I, th- I feel like they've got the recruitment model to replace those players. But yeah. I mean, such is the importance of Alex Moore. I think it'll, it will be hard, but yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from there. The final prediction of, this, of the whole predictions is Luton will finish top 10. Luton Town finished top 10 um, made some really Definitely. good additions good manager um, I feel like they could do some really good things this season so this brings us on finally to that first game of the season at Craven Cottage where Millsbury will play Marco Silva's Fulham um, I, I'm assuming that I packed out Craven Cottage um, Dana Tom I'm going to pass the mic over to you let's break down Fulham well obviously they've had no uh, no recent fixtures at the moment so I've got kind of no no recent form to to go off on this one um, but I think just just looking at their team there, as I mentioned in my predictions, they're going to be up there this season. I think someone listed it on, on Twitter the other day, the amount of attacking options they actually have, and they're competing with us for, for Muniz at the moment, so I'm expecting a very, very tough game uh, to start the season off there, and hopefully the opposite against Bristol at the Riverside. OK, well, I'll come to your predictions in, in a second, but Dana... Yeah, Tom mentioned the squad that they've got. They do have an abundance of options, an embarrassment of riches, really. I think it might well be the best time for Borough to play them, very similarly to when we played Watford last season. I know we didn't win that game. We probably should have got something out of it, though. Um, They do have um, just a lot of options in midfield and defence, especially Tom Kearney, Harrison Reid, Andre Frank Anguissa, uh, Fabio Carvalho, Josh Onema. Uh, Jean-Michael Seri, you've got Matt Grimes as well potentially coming in. Um, so I suppose with with Marco Silva, it's finding the right balance and the right blend defence as well. It seems uh, Tete and uh, Anthony Robertson will get the no- uh, nod at left back and and right back. Um, does Bri- Joe Bryan move into midfield? They do have a lot of options out wide. Niskin Scabano is one of them, which is a bit weird. Um, and it just shows how strange squads can change um, yep, with relegation because, of course, he was not even on the fringes. He just wasn't involved for them uh, last season. And then he's coming in. He, he might well be one of the first names on the team sheet for them. But centre-back options, they've got Michael Hector, who's currently uh, playing for Jamaica. Um, Tosin Adrabayo, uh, Terence Congolo, Tim Ream, Alfie Mawson. Uh, a lot of their fans want Michael Hector in Adrabayo or Congolo in Adrabayo. Um But I think they might well run into some teething problems early season just because of the amount of options that that they do have. But uh, a lot of their fans do want um, them to move away from Parker Ball, which is just sideways passing with no conviction. They were the, the second lowest scorers last season with 27. And I think a lot of their fans are just relishing a style of player that in, inhabits more of a, a direct approach. And signing a player like Matt Grimes is probably... Um, I know it's weird to, to say that, isn't it? Look, I just want to play a long ball. Look, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> we're all screaming for possession ball and they're screaming for... Who fit long? Nah, to be fair, like when we talk about like direct football, I mean, Tony Pulis ball was the worst football I have ever seen. I, I always just get flashbacks of John Hugel just spraying across it. It's like no, <laughs> there was no Borough player in the camera shot. <laughs> every Bad every time, every Bad time. But yeah, I think well by long by direct approach, I think they still want to stick with the possession style, but it's more when it needs to be hit long, hit it long because it seems as though they were just, as my dad would say, pissing about with it and then not actually getting it into the box, which is why they they struggled to score goals last season. So yeah, Marco Silva predominantly plays four two three one. Um, will be interesting to see how 
how he manages it because he's a good manager at this level, defensively a little bit suspect. So Borough could pick them apart defensively, especially out wide. Yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably agree. I think the way that Mills would play were horrible to play against um, a Neil Warnock side. You know, it's it's, it's hard work and um, it's a good bunch of lads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, with with Neil Warnock sides, you know, you don't get much space, especially between those attacking lines as well. I think the way that we play so deep at times, it's fantastic defensively and you're hard to break down. But offensively, <coughs> that's where we really struggled. But mm. if we're able to get those pieces fixed and you know with, with Patterson you know with Watmore uh, Tav and Pajero or Muniz or if, if he t- decides to sign up for us or Fulham um, we could be in a, in, in a good place to really cause some problems so for me well let's go on to our predictions then guys so how we think that Middlesbrough will get on against Fulham on the opening day um, against Marco Silva and his Fulham side you know what I'm going to go one all for me one all from Dana. Tom? I'm going to go one nil to Borough, and I have a an idea of how I, I hope this happens. I hope it's like Ick Piaz who bullies uh, Tim Ream off the ball and, and manages to to get a goal, and that is for no other reason other than the fact that when we last played Fulham at the Riverside, all the Fulham sh- fans shouting Ream every time he touched the ball absolutely did me head, and I've n- <laughs> <laughs> never been so annoyed at the Riverside. So that, that's what I want to happen. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Fun fact, uh, Tim Ream had the second best possession stats in anyone in the Premier League mm. last season. So, oh, I hope Ike Biazu makes a dent in that. Yeah, was top. <laughs> ben White, who's just signed for Arsenal. Why would you want to sign for Arsenal, man? That's just a different debate. I mean, yeah, it's a different debate, uh, but not for us. So, 1-1, one, 1-0. One, one, I'm going to go with... <sighs> See, I sound, I sound so negative. We've got optimistic Tom over here. Um Realist Dana. Sitting on the fence, Dana. Sitting on the Elliot fence, Dana. And I'm going th- to... I think we will get beat 1-0. I think there's just a bit too much quality there. We're still looking to bring players in. It hasn't really bedded in so far. I mean, we've, we've still got a couple of weeks, of course, but there, the, we just don't think there's going to be... Uh, I think there'll be just a little, enough quality, I think. Uh, if we get beat 1-0, unfortunately. But we will have a good season. But that's it, guys. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, as, as always. And we're up and running for the season. But as Borough wrap up their pre-season campaign against Rotherham uh, next, uh, at the weekend, they'll be Fulham. And we'll be doing a live watch-along as well, um, where it's an extended show, and we'll give our live reaction as the game's going on, and then also tune in a little bit later on where we'll do the full podcast too. Uh, but this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast, and that was all your match there, chatter in a pod of the Borough Breakdown. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.